Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. How many have heard that Amber Alert? If you have a phone, you've heard it. How many know what an Amber Alert is? I thought about this, that all the time these Amber Alerts go off. And we, we have them on our phones, and if we'd have had our phones on today, everybody would have heard that. And it's saying something very serious. But I thought to myself, how many of us hear that Amber Alert and don't ever even look at the phone to see what's going on? When that Amber Alert goes off, that means somebody's child has been abducted. Somebody's child has been kidnapped. And if we as people, and I'm guilty of this myself, would look at our phones and look at the car description and look at the person description, we could literally help find that kid. So it's a very serious alert, and they start it for what's called America's Missing. That's what AM stands for, Broadcast Emergency Response. And I started to think that as Christians in the, in the world we live in today, we have maybe possibly come to that place where we're so accustomed to hearing messages, we're so accustomed to hearing the Word of God, that maybe we hear things that should get our attention, that we should stop and listen to, but we're too busy to. How many would, how many would agree that that can happen to us this morning? Amen? So I want to preach a message this morning called the Amber Alert. Amber Alert. And if you're living in this world that I live in, I, 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 I took my shirt and tie off, and I have a shirt, and I want to make sure the camera looks at it real clear. And this is a statement. Which camera is it? Is this the middle one right here? Okay. Just zoom in on this. Make sure you don't get my gut. Just get the shirt. <laughs> Imagine there. Can you add some six? Can you add a six-pack on there? Okay. Normal is not coming back. Jesus is. Amen. How many believe that this morning? Normal is not coming back, Jesus is. Matthew chapter 24, Jesus has been warning us as believers. Now, we know there's a lot of people in the world who don't believe. Our goal every service that we have church is to get those that come to this place. Maybe you've been invited this morning. Maybe you saw us online. Maybe uh, you used to go to church. Whoever you are, our goal is that people would come to a relationship with God. As Jesse said, being delivered from 20 years of meth addiction. And I was an athlete that left my dreams to play college basketball, hoping to play professional, and gave my life to Jesus and started preaching the gospel. I, 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 there's people in here who were in gangs. There's people in here who were drug dealers. There's people in here who were alcoholics. There's every, I promise you there's every possible testimony you can think of. And Jesus is trying to get us our attention. And the way he does it is through his word. But the world is too busy today. And the Bible says that there's coming a day when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is going to come back to this earth and take his church home. Now, you might, that might sound a little weird. Take his church home. Where are we going to go? What I want you to begin to think about this morning is I want you to listen to this message as if it's the only message you've ever heard in your life, the only one you're ever going to hear in your life. And I want you to think with me. I want you not to think about lunch. I don't want you to think about tomorrow. Just take a few minutes and let the Holy Spirit of God speak to you that there are future events coming to this earth that the Bible prophesies and has prophesied for thousands of years. I want to ask you a question. You don't have to answer me, but I want you to answer in your, in your mind. If, you, if I were to tell you, can you, or ask you, can you predict something that's going to happen next week? 
And I'm not talking about the sun coming up and the sun going down. I'm talking about something real and tell me something specifically that's going to happen next week. Do you think any of us could do that? We're not psychics. We don't have that kind of power. But this Bible right here is filled with thousands of prophecies that were predicted from old, and thousands of them have already come to pass. And the most of them were about Jesus Christ coming as a man to this earth through the, through the power of the Holy Spirit to come in and take the sins of the world away. As I was saying with our, with our daughter or granddaughter here, we're born in sin. You don't have to teach somebody to do wrong. Maybe no one's ever said, hey, you're a sinner, but we're all sinners. Romans says we all fall short of the glory of God. We're all sinners because we're born in sin, Psalm says. We come out of the womb in sin. And so we're sinners and we need a Savior. And so the Bible prophesied thousands of years ago that a man would be born in a specific place. His name was Jesus, and he would take all the sins of the world on him and take our place so that when we died, we would not have to go to hell, but we could go to heaven. Now, the truth is this morning, you may say, I don't believe in heaven or hell. But I always tell people, if you don't believe when you die and you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to wake up to a hell of a surprise. That's the truth. Because it's real. We, there is an afterlife. If you believe the lights are just going to go off and nothing else is going to happen after that, you can believe that. But that's not what God's Word says. And this is the oldest book there is. It's the, been the nation's and the world's bestseller for the long time. And it's God's manual for a life. And I don't know about you, but I believe it. So Jesus says here, as in the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. As in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. In other words, there was a certain kind of normality to life. That's kind of where we're living today. Even post-COVID, there's a, there's a normality. We're not having to wear masks right now. We're not having to do a lot of the things we had to do during COVID. So we're kind of back to normal a little bit. And, and God is saying in his word that in that time of normality, as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. And what I want to preach to you this morning is that the Amber Alert is that we need to get our lives right with God. Amen? We need to get our lives right with Jesus. And what that means is that the Amber Alert comes on, and as I said, America missing. The Bible says, and here's the thing, I'm going to tell you in a second through the scriptures, that Jesus is going to come back for his church. He's literally going to come in the skies, and he's going to take the church that believes in him to heaven. To get us out of the way of something that the Bible says as well, and I'm going to go over some of that this morning. To get us out of the way of a time period that the Bible calls tribulation. And it is a set time that has been set for thousands of years where God is going to deal with his people. Say this with me, God will not be mocked. Some people say, I don't believe in God. Well, they will. Some people say, I don't believe in Jesus, but the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We, we, you, can, you can believe now or you can believe later. God gives us free will and he gives us free choice, but we can be thankful today that there's a church that's preaching Jesus. A church that cares enough about your soul that would get you to think about what might happen in the future. And so in these days that are happening, it says it, all this was normal until the day Noah entered the ark. And did not know until the flood came 
And what does it say here? Took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, I'm trying to tell you this morning, church, that this is a, 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 there's two things that the church does not preach enough that is attacked by the devil, and they're very important. One is being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Being connected to God through His Holy Spirit. And the other one is that Jesus is coming. And we're going to see some verses here that if, if, we know, if we know someone's coming, then we have to prepare. Okay? So what is the coming of the Son of Man? I'm reading straight from the Bible. Understand this morning that I am nothing more than a messenger. I am here to give you what the Bible says, teach you what it says, and then you and I individually give an account for, to God for our lives and if you've never heard a message about God today, today will be your first, and now you will be responsible for what you heard. What is the coming of the Son of Man? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Right before I read this, I didn't say this in the first service. Take it down just for one second. When Jesus died on the cross for our sins, the Bible says he rose from the dead. Because of his death and his res resurrection, that's the gospel, that's the good news, that means that we, our sins were taken care of, and that when we die, we won't die, but we'll go to heaven. That's how he defeated death, by him coming back from the dead. And I just want to throw this out. It's been a while since I've said this. I always tell people when I'm talking, because listen, I, I, I'm not a, a, a master's degree college person. I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I have a lot of common sense. And I know that there's a lot of people that preach religion and they preach denomination and they preach all these different things. And nobody has ever been to the other side of eternity except one person. No other religion has even claimed in their deity, being God, that they've gone to the other side and come back to this earth. But one. And his name is Jesus. Jesus said, I've gone into that grave for three days. And just like the Jonah was in the whale for three days, I'm coming out of that grave. He's the only one that's ever done it. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. And so I just believe Jesus is the way. Because he's the only one that's been to the other side. So I'm going with Jesus. That's who I'm choosing. And I know that God is going to uh, reward me for my faith. Okay? So, as he comes out of the grave, he goes and sees his disciples. The Bible says he visits over 500 people. This is another thing that I'll throw out to you. The Bible, or not the Bible, Simon Greenleaf, the co-founder of Harvard, said that the resurrection of Jesus Christ was the most verifiable event in human history. 500 witnesses saw him. He stood on the earth for 40 days, and then he went to the mount, and he said, I'm going up to heaven, and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And the Bible says he ascended. He left this earth. His feet went off the ground, and he began to go into the air. And as he went, the two angels standing there said, Don't be dismayed. As you saw him go, he will come again. As you see him go, he will come again. And so 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says exactly what's going to happen in this event. For this we say to you by the word of him, of who? What is it by the word of who? By the Lord of the Lord, that we who are alive. How many people got a pulse in here this morning? 
and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. In other words, those who have died in faith in Jesus Christ. For the Lord himself, Jesus, will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ, those who have died, your grandma, your mom, your cousin, your brother, your spouse, those who have gone on dying in the faith will rise from the dead first. They'll come out of that grave, and they will live again. Amen. Not in hell, but in heaven. And it says, then those who are alive. How many got a pulse in here this morning? And remain, that's us today, we will be caught up. Caught up. What are you talking about, preacher? Let me tell you what I'm talking about. This, what's holding us down right now on this earth? What's holding my feet down right now? That, I, that when I was a little bit younger, David and Pastor Mario, I used to defy it just a little bit with the ball in my hand. And David still does. Where's David at? David still defies it. Defy gravity as you fly up towards the rim and throw the ball through the hoop for two points. Called the dunk. What's keeping me on this ground is gravity. Who invented gravity? God. When he created this earth, he said, let there be gravity, and gravity holds us down. But there's coming a day that could be today. When he's going to call his church home, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you will be also. And he, says, he says, believe it. There's, in my father's house are many mansions. And so one day that trumpet's going to sound and the gravity's going to be lifted off those who believe. And those who believe are going to leave this earth. And instantaneously we're going to come off the ground. Gravity will not hold us down anymore. And in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, 1 Corinthians 15 says, this body that is corruptible and flesh and will die will become incorruption. And we will glorified bodies go into heaven, it says, into the air to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall always be with the Lord is anybody excited about that that oh I believe I can fly that song is going to become real for all of us I believe I can touch the sky right who's going to touch the sky we're going to touch the sky you say well I don't want to go well let me let me just begin to tell you why you want to go if you don't, first of all, if you don't want to go, Michael, it's because they love this world too much. There ain't nothing on this world that I want. There's nothing, if you've ever had anything, had money, had success, had things, that doesn't fulfill you. All the rich and the famous today will tell you that as they're drinking the bottle and shooting up. Because the houses and the money and the fame aren't filling the void that only Jesus Christ can fill. And so this day is coming, but the reason that we want to go is because Jesus said, and you can write this down, it's not in my notes, but you can write it down and read it later, Matthew 24, 21, and we are going to be in Matthew 24, says this, there's coming a day that has never been seen before and will never be seen again. And it's called the tribulation. And it is where God is going to deal with two types of people. One is his people, the Jewish nation. That's one. The other is the unbelieving. Those that have not listened to the Bible. Those that were like the people in the days of Noah. When Noah said, I'm building a boat and a flood's coming. And you can get on the boat if you want. But if you don't get on the boat, the flood's going to take you away. The Bible says that there's coming another flood. And this flood is way worse. 
It's called the tribulation. We're going to get into that just for a few moments. I don't have enough time today to get into everything, and you need to help me stay focused, okay? Because I can say something, and I could just take a few minutes on that and get off track, and not bad track, good track, but go somewhere else. So we're seeing right now, oh, go to that next verse. This is important, verse 18. Thank you for leaving that up. So he says he's going to take us into heaven to catch us up in the air, and it says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. That's what we're doing right now. And the reason we believe in the rapture, okay, the reason I say rapture is because that is the word in the Latin for the Greek word harpazo, which means to be caught up or taken out of danger. Picture a train coming really fast towards a child and somebody running in and grabbing that child and snatching him off the railroad tracks right before the train goes by. Jesus is going to take the church out right before all hell breaks loose on this earth. I want you to understand something. You can take the verse off, put the background up, please. I want you to understand something. Listen closely. How many were here for COVID? Maybe you were on drugs and you weren't here. Amen. <laughs> Maybe you don't remember. How many remember COVID? The last two and a half years of our life. I said many times during COVID, and the church knows, and you can listen to the podcast. What's coming in the tribulation, which could start tomorrow, which could start next week, which could start next month, could start at any time. I don't believe there's anything left prophetically that needs to happen for Jesus to come back for his church. But what will happen in the future in that seven years, and I'm just going to give you a glimpse today. You can read it later. will make COVID look like a barbecue picnic. Not, not because I want it, not because I'm like, hey, doom and gloom on the world, because Jesus said it in his word. There's a manual, but the world's so lost, so busy, so caught up in their things that they're not listening. Today we're here, we're a captive audience, we're listening. God's wanting to speak to us. So there's birth pains coming. And all these earthquakes and all these things that are going on in the world are things saying, I'm coming, I'm coming, and I'm coming soon. But the problem is lots of people say, well, we've been hearing that for a long time. We've been, we've been hearing those words, and my grandpa told me that, and my grandma told me that, and my mom told me that, and I heard that from an aunt or an uncle. But it says, as in the days of Noah, there was a certain normality. And then Matthew 24 says this, verse 40, two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two men will be grinding at the mill, women, sorry. One will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore. That's what the Amber Alert was. When the Amber Alert comes on, that's somebody's child. How many know if your kid was missing, you would want everybody in the United States to look at their phone when the Amber Alert comes on? Well, that Amber Alert, again, says, Amer it's interesting what it means. America's missing. When the rapture happens, I believe there's going to be hundreds of millions of people missing from this earth. And I believe a thing's going to come on, on on the radio and on the Amber Alert and on the phone and on the news. And it's going to say hundreds of millions of people are gone and they've disappeared from the earth. Jesus has taken them home. But they're not going to say Jesus has taken them home. They're going to say we've been abducted by aliens. So he says, watch therefore, for you don't know what, your, what hour your Lord is coming. He, he, he said we could know the season, like we can know the time frame. We can't know the exact moment, but I want to tell you something, church. We're in the hours, hours of the return of Jesus Christ. 
Okay? You know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched. Why am I preaching this message? Because God wants to get our attention. He wants to make, our, make sure our house is in order. He wants to make sure our spirit is lined up with him. He would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you must be ready. Look at the person next to you and say, you need to be ready. For what? For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. But church, he's not coming to do something bad. He's coming to take us off this earth before tribulation comes. Some people in the church world would say, well, if you want to go in the rapture and, 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 and you don't want to go through the tribulation, you're an escapist. Maybe you've heard that before. Well, I'm going to give you a quick scenario. If there was a fire burning in this sanctuary right now, and I told you there's an exit door and there's an exit door, would you get up and go to the exit? Or would you stay in here with the fire? If you stayed in here with the fire, you'd be a stupidist. (laughs) Amen or a dumbest. Anybody in their right mind would get up and go to the exit because we want to escape the flames. Of the fire. So God is saying there is an escape. There is a way out before I bring my judgment on this earth. A few weeks ago I preached about, and you go back and listen to it, why the judgment of God is coming on our nation. We can't have all this stuff going on in our nation and people mocking God and God not judge. He's a just God. So I want you to understand that I'm getting your spirit ready and your mind ready. And the sad thing is, in the church world today, churches don't talk about this a lot. Churches talk about what you think they talk about. Getting people's money. Motivational speaking. You can live a better life now. But they don't talk about getting your life in order living a righteous life, loving your neighbor as yourself, living a life of holiness, living a life of purity, doing the right thing because we serve a God who's holy. So 2 Peter chapter 3, watch this, verse 1. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle in both of which I stir up your pure minds by which a way of reminder, that's what I'm trying to do with you this morning, by this Amber Alert message, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this, here's what's going on today. Scoffers will come in the last days. Walking according, we talked about that on, on Wednesday, people walking according to their flesh doing what they want to do and walking according to their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. That's why I talked about this Amber Alert, because we need to understand that Amber Alert comes in any moment when you're not ready for it. Just like it did this morning. You didn't know that was going to come on. That's how quickly Jesus can come back. But he's coming for a church that is not going to be surprised. He's coming for a church that I am a part of that is not only not surprised, but is looking for his return. 
And as a matter of fact, the Bible mentions that there are five crowns that you can have from God, which are reward. And one of them is people who love his appearing. There is actually a crown that Jesus will sit on your head if you are a person that when he comes, you are like, yes, Lord, here I am. Let's go. You're ready. You don't have to go fix things. You don't have to run to the altar and repent. You don't have to make relationships right. You, you're ready. That's what he's looking for. And he says, this has been happening forever. Verse 5. For this they willfully forget. This is important. The word of God the heavens of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water, that's the times of Noah and the flood, by which the world that then existed perished. You know, it's a historical fact that there was a flood. Being flooded with water, that's why we have mountains. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, this word right here, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of who? Of who? Ungodly people. Last part here. This is important. Beloved, don't forget this one thing. That with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years. And a thousand years is as one day. Not in our time, because 50 years is a lot for us. Some of you haven't even been alive 50 years. I haven't been alive 50 years. For God, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. Time, he is outside of time. So what seems to be a long time for us is nothing for him. Last verse. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us and not willing. This is why Jesus has not come back yet, by the way. And it's not going to be forever because there's a time frame in the Bible that I want you to understand. Leave that up there for just a second. I'm, I'm, I'm again, I'm preaching to you like you've never heard a message before. Pastor, tell me one thing that makes you believe in the Bible more than anything. I'll tell you one thing that makes me believe more than anything else is Israel. That little tiny country that everybody hates, but nobody can destroy, which is the size of the metroplex of Dallas-Fort Worth. No one can destroy it. Everybody hates it. That's God's people. That's God's country. That's where this all began. That's where we all began, whether you believe it or not. And that nation, Jesus said, would become a nation again through the prophetic word. And in 1948, Israel became a nation for the first time in 2,000 years. That's why I know we're close. Because 70 years ago, now over 70 years ago, Israel became a nation. And the clock is ticking. And I believe, I've said this before and I say it again today, I believe we're in overtime. I believe, in other words, when a baby's born like my grandbaby is born, there's a term that they say, here's the due date. It was really cool. My daughter was actually born on her due date, which happened to be my birthday, it's that God loves me. I thought it was cool, and my wife said, it's, it's, it's your birthday, the due date. And I thought, oh, that's cool, but that never happens, and she was born on my birthday. But some babies are born before, some babies go past how many know that baby can't go too much past? Then you got to induce. That baby's got to come out. Jesus' return is just like the birth pains of a baby. And I believe prophetically in time frame of God, we are past the due date. Believe me if you want to or not. But there's nothing left that needs to be prophet except this. 
He says, I'm long-suffering towards you. And I don't want anyone to perish. But I want everyone to come to repentance. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish. But have what? Everlasting life. Now just if you'd humor me this morning for just a few minutes, I want to just, I want to get you to think about something that's coming that again, for you, if you're a believer in this place, do not have to be afraid of. Because we're not going to be here. The church will not be here for what's coming in the tribulation. I believe that with all my heart. I believe it prophetically. I believe it biblically. I've been studying this for 30 years. I believe it more now than I do 30 years ago. That we are not going to be here. Because the tribulation time period, which is seven years. I can't hold seven up on my right hand. It's seven years. Exact real seven years. Not, not metaphorical, not seven years, is going to be three and a half years of judgment and three and a half years of wrath on the earth. That is what is in the forecast. Just living in Texas alone ought to cause you to live right. For all you people, you lizards that love this heat, how do you like this? Last night, I have an AccuWeather thing that a lady in this church gave to us that I, I don't like during the summer. And it was, it was 11 o'clock at night, and it said 97 degrees, and the heat index was 120. At, not, at 11 o'clock at night. So if, if you don't, I mean, this is hot enough to make you not want to go to hell. <laughs> Amen. The Texas ought to make you live right. But if it's not causing you to think about your eternity, let me just give you something to think about this morning. How many would allow me just to give you something to think about? I'm going to even if you don't. In this tribulation, the Bible says there's 21 events coming. And I'm going to give you one. Did you hear that? 21 coming. I'm going to give you one. These are futuristic events. We're going to read in just a second out of Revelation. Seven seals seven trumpets, and seven bowls, which Revelation talks about, which are things that are going to come and happen in the future, which Jesus is saying through his word, don't be here for this. That prison, where's the closest prison? Somebody shout out. I know some of y'all have been there. Where's the closest prison to here? Thank you. Jacksboro. Michael, like, I know that place. Amen. <laughs> Tiffany, it's okay. You're all under the blood now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Beautiful couple over there. Testimony for Jesus. Amen. If y'all knew what God has done in their lives, what a miracle. Jack Spurl. Is that prison made for you and me? Did they build it with our name on it? What did they build it for? Criminals. Hell's not for us. God did not make hell for human people. He made it for the devil and his demons, his fallen angels. We choose to go to hell by rejecting the word of God. So I want you to understand that. What I'm telling you in the future is Jesus is saying, don't go there. Don't go to that prison. Don't be on this earth when this happens. Apocalypse. How many have heard that word? My wife was reminding me between services that in Spanish, the word for revelation in the Bible is apocalypse. Apocalypse is this. Here's the definition for an apocalyptic event. 
And I'm telling you that there's 21 of them. One, this is what an apocalyptic event is. An event involving the destruction or damage on an awesome, and that's not a good awesome, or cataclysmic scale. How many think that what happened with COVID was pretty bad? Millions of people died, horrible deaths, horrible sickness, and that wasn't even in the tribulation. That's not even considered a cataclysmic event. And here we're going to read in Revelation chapter 6, if you've got your Bibles. This is just a little piece, verse 7 and 8. It says, he opened the fourth seal, this is futuristic, and I heard the voice of the fourth living creature and said, come and see. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And by the way, the pale horse is the fourth horse of the four horses of the apocalypse. And he says, and the name of him who sat on it was death. And Hades followed with him. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger. Sword is violence. Hunger is obvious famine. With death. And look at this last one. I was taught, where's Joe at? <clears throat> Joe, where's Joe? Joe's been saved as long as you can imagine. He's been saved a long time. Amen. Love Joe is somebody who, by the grace of God, has lived his entire life the best testimony. Never touched a drop of alcohol. Never touched a drug. A lot of times we hear testimonies, and, and we, I do this myself. We, we glamorize the alcoholic and the, the drug addict and all that. He's lived the best testimony by just living his life for the Lord all these years. He told me I, he's never read this part, and this was a revelation for me this Sunday. We, how many know you read things, but you don't really think about it? I want you to focus this morning on the beasts of the earth. Okay, so sword, hunger, death, and the beasts of the earth. I'm going to tell you why in just a second. I'm going to make you wait a second. Here's what's coming. Take that down for a second, Joely, please. Here's what's coming, I believe, by current events of the world in the future, very short future. Okay? We will, may see some of this, but we won't see all of it. A food shortage, all world leaders will tell you is coming. All people who know uh, economy, a food shortage is coming. Okay? Some of it probably could be caused, and some of it is just cause and effect. COVID started a lot of this problem. I mean, it's just a, tr a trickle effect of problems. But a food shortage is coming. And, and think about some of this on, the, on a big scale of the world that we live in. China, which is the biggest country in the world, the biggest population, it had the worst winter crop harvest they've had in their history. Ever. Russia, sorry, here in America, in, in our country, 71%. Of our winter crop from last year has been affected. 71%. This is why inflation is going up. This is why everything costs so much money. Russia, because of the war that's going on with Ukraine right now, is under sanctions. No one, no one can do anything with them because they're having this war and they're not listening and they're attacking Ukraine. They provide, Russia provides one-third of the grain to the world. One-third. And so they're sanctioned, and on top of that, they provide and are the provider of the largest provider of fertilizer in the world. What makes plants grow? Fertilizer. So I'm just telling you this current event stuff that, that the Lord wants us to think about and look at. Many farmers around the world today are not fertilizing or planting because of fuel prices, shipping prices, and fertilizing prices. 
They can't even, they're not even planting. So th- what does that mean? If they're not planting now, there'll be no harvest. If there's no harvest, there'll be no food. Worldwide famine. Even the United Nations and leaders around the world, whether it's planned or unplanned, are saying there's going to be a famine worldwide. And church, all this has to do with what God predicted in this Bible because there's going to be one day when there's going to be one world government, one world economy, and one world religion. But it'll be forced because there's a power coming on this earth called the Antichrist. And you may have seen movies, you may have heard things. It's real. It's real. This is stuff that's going to happen. Now, Future event, Revelation chapter 6. How many know if the predictions that I've told you so far, like Israel becoming a nation, for 2,000 years they weren't a nation, then all of a sudden they were a nation. That was a prophecy. How many know with all those prophecies coming to pass, God's not going to fulfill just some of his prophecies. He's going to fulfill them all. Look what Revelation 6, 6 says in the coming food shortage, whether we see it a little bit of it now or what's going to happen in the tribulation. It says, I heard a voice from among the four living beings saying, a loaf of wheat bread or three loaves of barley will cost a day's pay. This is the New Living Translation. And don't waste the olive oil and the wine. What this means, church, is there's going to be a day coming. You think things are expensive right now? How many have seen a rise at the store? Unbelievable rise. Everything's double and triple. That's going to be barbecue picnic. Compared to the future. Because this verse says, throw this out as an average. And this is way high compared to the rest of the world. We don't know that because we live in the United States. Let's say you make $100 to $150 a day. I'm just throwing out an average. Some of you may make way more. Some of you may make way less. But I'm throwing out a number. You make $100 to $150 a day. You're going to go to the store. And if there's bread on the shelf to buy, it's going to have a sticker price of $150 for a loaf of bread. That's a prophecy that will, listen to me, will come to pass. Not might, will. And that could be in the very near future. Because of that, and because of the the now ripple effect of COVID, and because of the violence on this earth, and because of all the craziness, you can take the verse now, is telling us here that one-fourth of the population of the world is going to die in the beginning of the tribulation. Now I want to ask you a question. Do you think if any of you here say, well, I don't believe that, do you think that will stop it from happening? I just wanted to make that clear. Because sometimes we go, I just don't believe that's going to happen. So? Look at all the stuff that's already happened. You're not going to change God's mind. You might not even agree with it. You might think, that's mean. I don't understand that. Talk to God. I am just a messenger. And I'm, and, and I'm just reading the manual. Again, if I was going to tell you in 20 minutes there's going to be a fire in here, and I said get out of here in 10, who would listen? Smart people. There's, there you go, right there. Thank you. Thank you. What, what's, what's, he wins a prize. Don't, don't be embarrassed, sir. What's your name, buddy? Gus? Gus, you're very smart. What did Jesus, if you didn't notice, as soon as I said that, he went, Thank you, Lord. Jesus said, unless you become as a child, you can't inherit the kingdom of God. We get old and educated and stupid. 
Because a kid would say, fire in 20, I can get out in 10, where's the door? Only an adult would sit back and say, I don't believe that's going to happen. And then burn. Right? Oh, I don't believe that happened. As they visit you in the morgue. It happened. We're not going to change God's word because we're mad. Or we don't agree. Or we think it's wrong. Because God's God and I'm not. I learned that a long time ago. If you think you're strong enough to take it up with God, go ahead. I learned a long time ago, God's God. And I'm not going to argue with him. Y'all still here? So all this craziness is going on. I want to finish with something really powerful that the Lord showed me with this about the, about the animals. Let me finish this point. I'm almost done. Don't worry. If you're, if you're not enjoying this, I'm almost done. So let's say today there's a billion people that believe in Jesus. Or say they believe in Jesus. Because lots of people say they believe in Jesus. Or say they're saved. Or say they're Christians. Or go to church. But the parable of the virgin tells us that five are ready and five weren't. So let's just say half of the people who say they're believers aren't. Let's say there's a billion people who are, say they're believers and only 500 million are. So 500 million are gone in the rapture. This tells us that in the first few months possibly of the tribulation, 1.6 billion people are going to die in the first few months of the tribulation. By sword, hunger, death, and by the beasts of the earth. Now, stay with me here for just the last few minutes. A few weeks ago, I preached a message on the, the, this, the immorality that's happening in our country right now. And, and the sexual immorality that's happening. And what they're using for that is the rainbow. The rainbow that God put in the clouds to say I'll never destroy the earth with. Can you say this with me again? God will not be mocked. Look at Genesis chapter 9. Watch this. This is very interesting. God blessed Noah and his sons and said, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And the fear of you, he's talking to Noah, and the dread of you, shall be on every beast of the earth, on every bird of the air, on all that move on the earth. I just saw a four-inch centipede at my house the other day for the third time. I don't know if it was the same one. Now it couldn't have been the same one because I squashed the other two. Just kidding. Of course I did. You ever seen a four-inch centipede? Can you imagine that crawling on you? you ever been bit, how many have been bit by a scorpion in here before? It's a lot of fun. Got bit twice in the same day. On all the fish of the sea, watch this, this is important, they're given into your hand. God says in Noah's day that all the beasts that I've put on this earth, I have put here and you have dominion over them because you're in covenant with me and they fear you. Now I want you to think of a future time in the tribulation when the peace of God is lifted off the earth and the covenant that people are mocking with a rainbow is lifted off the earth and the beasts of the earth turn on us. 
Have you ever thought about that? Here's an example. I heard a pastor telling a story that he went to Botswana in South Africa to a, to a safari. And he started walking with his family, and they're looking at the animals, and he looks over at the guides, and they got big guns. How many know if you're going to go on a safari, you want some big guns? So he felt safe. They're out there with lions and elephants and tigers, and so, but he, the guides had guns. So they go on another safari not too far away, and this time he, they're walking, and he looks over, and the guide has no guns. And he says, why don't you have guns? How many would be asking that question? John. John, I bring my own. Why do you not have guns? And he says, we don't need guns. Listen, he's, this is in Africa. He says, the animals fear us. A few minutes later, they're walking down the road, and the, a big, huge elephant comes out. And he had been kicked out of the tribe, and he was mad. And he starts shaking his head and, the, and, and making noises and charges them. And he says, all of us got in single file line behind the guide. How many would do that? The guide did not flinch. He started clapping his hands real hard at the elephant and said, stop. And the elephant stopped, turned around and left. Proof. How many understand? Yes, yes, a tiger, yes, a lion can eat a person. Yes, a shark can. How many know, though, in general, in the animal kingdom, animals do not attack? They would rather swim away or run away or go away. They're after prey. God has given us dominion. Picture a world where the, the tigers, the lions, and the bears, that's obvious. But how about the chipmunks, the squirrels? Anybody afraid of squirrels? I see some hands. How about a squirrel that's not running away from you, but it's running and nibbling on your neck? How about the spider that I see? How many of you have ever had a spider fall on you? How about that spider that when he sees you or she or whatever it is, shoots back up in the web because they, they don't want to get squashed? How about that spider starts coming after you? Just think of here in Texas, the snakes. I could say something make my, my daughters, the, the mice turn, the animal kingdom. Did y'all read that with me? The beasts of the earth, famine, hunger. You think there's violence right now? Have you seen the videos of the crazy violence we're seeing right now in our country? That's all happening with the church here holding it back. Thessalonians says that when Jesus comes back, the restrainer will be lifted off the earth, which is the church, you and I, embodied, embodying the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it will be a, day, a time that's never been seen before, a time that will never be seen again. And here's the good news. We don't have to be here for it. The Bible says God has not appointed us unto wrath. I told you in that message a few weeks ago that whenever God pours out his wrath and his judgment on the people, he never pours it out on his people. People who are in line and covenant with his word. He will not pour out his judgment on his people. He always removes them. That's the rapture. Today, you can put your faith in Jesus. Today, you can say, I don't, I don't want that to happen. Finishing with the, with the rainbow. The time went really fast this morning. On the disrespectful use of the rainbow, God said in Genesis 
Listen closely. I will set my rainbow in the cloud as a covenant between me and the earth. So when you break his covenant, he lifts his hands. That's what's coming. God will not be mocked. You can argue with me. You can doubt me. It's not me. God will not be mocked. The judgment of God is coming on this earth, but there's mercy this morning. Call on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Luke tells us, when you begin to see these things, 28, when you begin to see these things I'm talking about happen, look up. Your redemption draws near. And then 34 says this, but take heed to yourselves. Lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and the cares of this life. And that day come on you unexpectedly. Because it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. So what does it tell us to do? It says watch. Watch and pray. Lord, I believe in you. Lord, forgive me. Lord, let me be lined up with your word this morning. That I may be counted worthy to escape these things that will, not might, will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? It says, and stand before the Son of Man. Every single one of us here today will stand before God. Every single one of us. No matter what we believe, no matter how we were raised, no matter what we do, we will stand before God. And the Bible says we'll give an account for our lives. Today, I don't fear dying. 30 years ago, I did. Because 30 years ago, I knew where I was going. And it was hell. Today, I know I'm going to heaven, not because I'm a good person, but because I believe in Jesus. And I try my very best every day to live my life pleasing to him. I try my very best, although sometimes I fail and fall short, to live a life according to his word. Every word in his Bible. Try. And when I fall short, his grace is sufficient for me. Because I'm not saved today because I'm a good person. I'm saved because Jesus died on the cross for my sins. You'll hear one day when you stand before God, you'll hear these words you heard preached to you today. And you'll either thank me or you'll be mad at yourself. Today you can say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that, th that there's a time coming on this earth of judgment that I don't have to be here for. Just like I don't have to go to that prison it wasn't made for me. Today you can be saved. Today you can be forgiven. Today you can be rescued from that time that's coming that I just described to you this morning. But you must put your faith in Jesus. How many all over this place and many watching online this morning, listening on the podcast, the Holy Spirit of God is touching you. Has nothing to do with my words. It's God's Holy Spirit touching you. Today, if you died, if that day came upon you, which is death too, not just the rapture, but death. You died and breathed your last breath and you stood before God. What would you say to him? You can't say I'm a good person because there are no good people. The Bible says our righteousness is filthy rags. 
I'm going to say, Jesus, I'm here because I believe what you did on the cross for my sins. And I believe you rose from the dead. My faith in my salvation is in Jesus. How many that here today could say, I've never said that prayer. I've never put my faith in Jesus. You may have never even heard a message before. Today's the day, by the Bible says, of your salvation. Today's the acceptable day of the Lord. If you're here and that's you, just lift your hand up. Put it right back down all over this place. Say, pray for me, Pastor. That's me. I need Jesus this morning. I want to be saved. I want to be born again all over this place. Just put it up. Put it right back down. I'm just going to give just a few moments. I can't do it for you. I can't raise your hand. I can't put faith in you for you. You'll have to answer to God for yourself. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Maybe you're here and at some point in your life you said that prayer. You believed. Maybe you were a kid. Maybe you were at a vacation Bible school like we had the last few nights. Maybe your grandma or grandpa took you to church and you said a prayer, but today you're not living for the Lord. And today the Holy Spirit is reminding you that your grandpa used to tell you about this. Your mom used to tell you about this. Your neighbor used to tell you about this. And today you're, you want to get right with God. Just lift your hand. Say, I'm, I want to come back to my first love. Just put it up. Put it right back down. Let's stand all across this place. We're going to open up these altars for just a few moments. And what we like to do at this time is we like to take the message and answer it. The first thing you can do today, if you're not going to do anything else, is thank God that he died on the cross for your sins. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that I don't have to face that apocalypse. That I don't have to face the days that are coming on this earth because of my faith in Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've got loved ones that you're praying for. Send them this. Share your faith with them. Maybe you're here and you've got some sins you need to deal with. Some things in your life that aren't lining up with God's word. Because church, whether we believe it or not, Jesus is coming soon. And he's coming for a people that are looking for him. That are not busy with this world. So as we open up these altars, before we do, I want to say a prayer with those watching online those listening on the podcast, because there are people watching in different places of the United States, even in Costa Rica, different places around the world where people watch, and I want them to have the opportunity. Maybe you're sitting in your car. Maybe you're watching this same thing, and you are here present, and three months from now, the Holy Spirit's dealing with you, and you come back and listen to it. Say this prayer with me, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I fall short of your glory. I don't understand everything in your word, but I understand you're a big God, and I'm a nobody, and I need a Savior. I need forgiveness for my mistakes. I want to live forever in the presence of God. Jesus, forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross to take my place. You who knew no sin became sin for me. Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood so I could be healed and forgiven. I put my faith in that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.